Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. My man right beside me, Mr. Chance. Michael's Chance. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm loving the sunshine. How about yourself? I can't complain, man. If this is the start of the good time weather, uh, let it begin. Yeah, it's been a nice day. <laughs> um, jacket in the morning, but kind of carried it yeah. in the afternoon. But uh, yeah, no, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly, man. I, I think uh, getting close to losing the second layer. So um, yeah, I can't complain. I've been wearing shorts since the beginning of April. So I'm happy with that. But yeah, man, let's talk about what we came here to talk about. Straight Do up, it. Garcia versus Davis, the aftermath. I mean, it, I mean, we're almost a week removed. So a lot has kind of come out. A lot of is being said. There's not much that we can say that other people haven't. Yeah. Um, but what was your take on the fight, Chance? How did you perceive it? Well, there's some good things and some bad things. There was a lot of hype. A lot of casual fans watch it. This is the second highest pay-per-view buy since Candelo Triple G won in 2018. They got 1.2 million buys. So that's good. Let's know the casual fan was buying this at $84 a pop, which is a high pay-per-view number. So they, they definitely brought in the casuals and the hardcore. So that's good. They got people talking. It was on some of the mainstream sports shows, first take, you know, stuff like that. So that's good. Yeah. It had a nice little buzz to it. Now, did the fight deliver? No, not really. I mean, I mean, we like we said, we, we think Tank is going to win. I bet Garcia. I lost 100 bucks on it to win. That's a foolish bet. Um, I think that uh, he Garcia didn't stick to the game plan. He didn't use his size and his reach to keep him on the outside. He, he let him come in. When Tank gets on the inside, he, he knocked him down. And the, in round six, Garcia won it. He was fighting his fighting his fight, and then round seven, he just went, got aggressive, went for the kill, and body shot down and wouldn't get up. I think he should have got up and continued on myself. Just kind of disappointed in that. But, I mean, overall, it was a good event. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's not much I can't disagree with what you said there. Yeah. I'll say this. I think Ryan won the first round. I think his game plan was intact in that first round. Yeah, he kind of he kept changing it. Well, here's what I think happened, in my opinion here. Um, enter the second round. You know, he rocked him a little bit. He yep. did hit him. And I think that anxiousness. I think you're right anxious. on that. I think he became very anxious. And he said, oh, shit, I have an opening. Mm -hmm. Let me start doing my thing. Now, oh. I've, I, since the fight, since that first knockdown in the second round, that was Tank's fights entirely. I mean, oh, yeah. it wasn't a 10-8 round. It was a 10-9 round because, I mean, Garcia was doing some serious damage there. Like he was. He was. Really There's moments when he looked really good. No, he did up until that second round, though, right? Until he yeah. got knocked, and it was that overhand left. And you know, like Tank talked about it in the presser after. He said that, yeah, you know, we trained for that because he's a taller guy. If he's going to come in with that overhand left the way he does, you know, he's setting himself open. There's no way you can protect yourself coming in with that left hook. Yeah. And and not have a straight punch thrown right at you, right? So. And because he's taller and he's extended and what have you, he just, if you look back at the tape, you know, you see Tank smirking a little bit. Like, this is two shots before he landed it. Like, he saw it. He knew what yeah. was coming. So, I think he just got over-anxious. I think that Ryan then was on his back heels because he tasted his power. Now he's a bit nervous. Now he's, like, now oh, he's a bit nervous. That's a real now, deal. Now yeah. he doesn't, now he's not sure what he should be doing in terms of, you know, defense. I think if he had just gone back to what he was doing in that first round, I think we both said this. I, I know I said this to you for sure, that that this fight had to be fought scientifically. 
You yeah. couldn't be a brawler. It's like that uh, video game, The Last of Us. Have you played it or watched no, it? No, I've never even heard of it. What is it? Okay, so it's a, basically a game where turned into a TV show now. Uh, zombies, right? But okay. it's not like your typical video game where you just run out there and shoot, 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 smash that X button as many times as you can to get as many kills. This whole game is in stealth. Like You oh, have wow. to play it in stealth. You can't just go buck wild in there. You'll die every time. So it's literally hiding behind boxes, hiding behind shrubbery. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's how this fight had to be done. Like this is the that's the way Ryan should have fought the fight. Um, he was at moments, but he just he, I think he was trying to impress the fans. He thought he could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tank's power, and it didn't turn out too good for the guy. His corner, they didn't have a very good game plan either because he went off the game plan. So I I don't know. I'm not well, quite I, sure. I, again, I, I just think he became And there was no I don't believe there's a mole in the camp. That sounds like an excuse to me. Well, I, I think mean, Tank is just that much better and figured out what he was doing. He read him like a read him like a book and, and smashed him. There was look, no mole in the camp, I don't look, think. Mole or no mole. I don't know what this Mongolian boxer has to do with any of it, but he was one of Ryan Garcia's training partners. Yeah. Uh, sparring partners. Apparently he hurt him with a body shot, knocked him down with the body shot as well. So, I mean, I don't know. Well, fuck, fuck it. I don't even want to talk about that stuff because it didn't play any role in the fight. Bottom line is, is very simply, Garcia came out. He did what he was supposed to do. Uh, second round, he he rocked him. He he heard him. And he basically lit the wall down. He basically yep. lit the drawbridge down and he came forward. And this is where I think Take away the personal shit that Tank is dealing with. This guy is a generational talent in that ring. Um, so far. And, yeah. and we're very lucky because they, we got like two, three, four of these guys all in in the scene right now. Well, they're saying now the winner of, um, not official, but they're saying the winner of Lomachenko Haney will fight uh, Tank. And why not? It makes sense, right? And the winner um, of that will get Shakur. Supposedly. Who that's in a perfect world. Who knows in boxing, though? Well, in a perfect world, that's what we should be getting, right? I mean, Tank at 135 against Garcia. I or sorry, Garcia. Or sorry, sorry. Tank versus Haney at 135. Oh man, that's a tough one. We will talk about that when that gets closer too. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like I was saying, man, it basically he got away from the game plan and everything just kind of broke down for him. He did that's a lack of discipline too. But you it's know, it's a I mean? lack but, of discipline. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just kind of like because when um, he was doing his game plan, he was winning. He had the upper hand. He did, but once you get rocked, you taste that power. All of a yeah. sudden, everything kind of changes, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know. I mean, if you look at the total punches here, you know, he Davis only landed 35 out of 103 thrown. And here's the stat, man. 18 of those were to the body. Uh, Garcia threw, you know, landed 39 of 163. Uh, total jabs. He only threw five jabs that whole fight. That's Garcia. it? Uh, uh, tank. Yeah, five jabs. Didn't need it. No. Um, power punches, 30 of 63 thrown, 17 to the body. Uh, where where Ryan had twenty four out of fifty seven thrown. Um, ultimately, even even on the punch stats, like this is something that Ryan was talking about in the press conference. You barely throw, you barely throw. Your numbers are low. He out like his percentages were higher. Yeah, they were. You no, know, you know, in in every in every aspect, in total punches, he threw thirty four percent to his uh, twenty three. Uh, total jabs, 
Okay, Ryan won in the jab department, 14, 14.2% to his uh, 12.5. But the power punches, man, 47.6% to Ryan's 42.1 total wow. power punches. Now, let's talk about that body punch that took him down. If it was a kidney, if it was a liver shot, that is debilitating to know mm -hmm. it, right? I've never experienced it. I've had it. Right? Okay, so what's it feel like, Chance? The wind's knocked out of you. You can barely get up. It's hard as heck. I've had it in soccer, and I've had it in boxing, and it's hard to get up. But at this level, these aren't club guys like I'm sparring. These are A-plus fighters, the best in the world. At that level, you got to stand up. Even if you're so rocking, you can't breathe, your ribs are broken, you got to get up and at least fight on a bit. I think it rocked him. I'm not saying he faked it. I just think, like you said, he felt the power in round two. He felt that shot, and he's like, I don't want no more of this. He got to beat the count. Well, I, that's the I raging debate. No, that's the raging debate. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, give my opinion on if he quit or not. I'll basically say that's between him, himself, and, and his team. Yep. More, more so between him and himself. Only he truly knows if he quit or if he couldn't get up. Now, that being said, that is a debilitating shot. He's not the first, and he will not be the last person in oh, yeah. boxing to not get up from a shot like that. But I would But be if you look at the tank, tank throwing, it didn't even look like he hit it that hard. Again, it... it yeah, I know he's got a lot of power, but it's almost no, like I think Garcia was just getting rocked. Honestly, it, yeah, it possibly. But I'm also of the school hard of to say. thought. Uh, it's hard to say, but I'll give you the other side of the argument, right? I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying because that could be potentially the ultimate truth right there. Mm. But the other side of it to me is this, is the way he was extended, everything, just the way his body was. You yeah, know, the way he turned into it, yeah. The way he turned into it, like, you know, just even at a brushing glance. So look at you thought, oh, my God, this is the most blatant throwing of the fight I've ever seen in my life. That's yeah, what it looked I mean, like. It looked like it, yeah. Right, like, oh, my God, this guy's really throwing in the fight. Like, this is really blatant. Like, but in, you think about it and listening to other boxers talk about it now, having some time to digest it, you know, you look at the amount of shots that he took to the body. So the body was already a little soft, right? From, yeah. from that second round knockdown onwards, Tank won every round. He dominated. Garcia could not figure it out. One mistake I think Garcia made, he showed him too much respect too early on, right? Yeah. And he started fighting Tank's fight, and which is what Tank wants. So, you know. I think that, I don't think he, he doesn't throw, at this level, you don't throw fights. If you're going to throw a fight, everything no. on no, the trainers. No, no. But I just yeah. think he was like, it definitely stung him. It probably hurt like hell, but I just think he's like, you know what? I'm getting my butt kicked. I got knocked down on the chin out of the body. I don't want no more of this, and he just didn't want to get up. Well, look, man. But he didn't throw the fight. You're not that. wrong, though, to say that you can get up because there are guys who have gotten up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, let's look at probably one of the best examples that I can think of off the top of my brain. Mickey Ward, Atura Gotti, the first one. Yeah. What round was that? That's all I couldn't remember. That wow. was one of the top three Ra rounds Round in eight or nine. Right, it was right, round nine, round nine. That's what it was, yeah, round right? nine. In my opinion, that That's round, a crazy fight. that round in particular was probably one of the top three best rounds in boxing oh, ever. Absolutely. And actually, when I met Mickey Ward, I got a picture with him, but he told a story to the audience, um, and he said that Arturo Gotti hit him so hard in that ninth round, it shifted his brain, and now he can't see past like 10 feet of his left eye oh, wow. from that round. That's how hard Gotti hit him. I mean, these guys kept going, right? 
the story yeah, I, no. I didn't know it. You just said it to the crowd. No, but he basically got the liver shot himself. Arturo got yeah. that shot. Right? Oh, yeah. He got up. Oh, yeah. He got up. Another guy who got up, I know, you know, he doesn't fight as much as he should, but Keith Thurman. Yep, Keith one time Thurman, yeah. Right? Like he got up from the shot as well. So it is very possible. But if you look at the way Garcia was down, very reminiscent of his uh, mentor in Oscar De La Hoya when he took that shot from Bernard. Bernard Hopkins, yep. But the only difference there was that Oscar was withering in pain. Yeah, they could see it, like legitimately. You could see how hurt and painful that was for him. Where Ryan didn't really have that experience. He wasn't withering in pain. This is why people are questioning it. He was like, oh my God, like, you know what I mean? Just like casual about it. I almost get the feeling, like I said, he's a young lad. He's, he's still only 24. So much career ahead of him. This is not going to hurt him. I think. No. I think good things are in store for Ryan Garcia at 140 and beyond. Yeah, he's going to go to 140. He'll make, he'll make his legacy between 140 and 147. Yeah. Right? Before it's all said and done, I think this guy fights at 156 or something. Ultimately. He could. He's five foot ten and a half. So, he's, right? definitely so he's got the size, right? Uh, dehydration clause, do you think it played a role? He's no. saying it didn't. He's saying no. He signed no. on for all of it. But other people in his so. camp are saying, his father in particular, that, yeah, he was weaker because of the dehydration clause. Well, probably because he wasn't, you know, he wanted to come in at 150, 160. He couldn't. So, I mean, the event would have been for him. So, nah, I mean, he lost fair and square. Even but without think, that clause, Tank beats him, beats him silly still. After, after watching that, yeah. after watching that dehydration clause or not, Tank is just levels above. Way and, above. And, and when, when I say that, the IQ that this man possesses in that ring, both defensively, offensively, knowing where to be at all times, knowing the ge- geography of the ring, ultimately. Yeah, oh yeah, he's a, he's a ring right? general. Yeah. You know, the guy knows it. I think the only guy, and you know, as much as I toot David, Devin Haney's horn all the time, and I don't think he gets enough respect, I really don't. Still, if you look at the pound for pound rankings, what does this guy have to do? Like, Charlo hasn't even defended those belts yeah, The yet. rankings are all over the place, too. Right, right. But Charlo has not even defended his titles. And he's higher up than Haney. And he's higher up than Haney, who's already won them, defended them. Well, like, and he's on. undisputed. And if Haney, if Haney beats Lomachenko, he's got to be uh, top five pounds of money. He has to. Well, I don't know what he's going to take to get that guy in the top five for five, man. He's just done everything he's supposed to knock, do. And knock more. Lomachenko out or beat him really good. We'll get him well, out there. I think he's going to get past Lomo, but I don't think he gets past Tank, man. I really. Right, I hope he doesn't get past Lomo, but I think you're right. I think he will. I, I, hope I not. look, man. Lomo two, and I said this before, and I, you know, I'll say it again. Lomo two, three years ago, handedly won this fight. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, right? without question. But ever since that fateful night in New York and Tiafimo Lopez and Lomochenko, that whole speaking thing, of Tiafimo Lopez, thanks for bringing that up. Let's segue now. Do you hear what he said today? He's leaving ESPN after this fight against Josh Taylor, right? Well, that's well, that what he said. Oh, okay. But, there was something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, and he's getting in hot water for it. He's saying, he said, and if ESPN and Top Rank want to keep the black fighters, they can keep the black fighters. He said that he dissed Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley in a production meeting one time before the last fight um, against Martin. Yeah. Um, and so if he said, if you listen to the fight with Martin, as soon as I get stinged, uh, what do you say? Bradley's like, he's hurt, he's hurt, he's hurt. Well, he's basically accusing them of racial bias. That's what basically King Alfim was saying. But people are offended that he said, if you want, just keep the black fighters. And people are oh, are mad that he said that. Um, but he's saying wow. that Andre Ward, he said, turn off the sound for the fight he had 
with uh, Martin and the fight that he had with uh, what did he fight with, with Lomo. He said they're nothing but bias going against the Mexican fighters. Basically, what he was implying. I don't think that Bradley and Ward are biased at all, but that is what he's saying. So he got a lot of big controversy. It'll start coming out here. This happened a few hours ago. Okay, I like I said, I didn't see it. Unfortunately, I was. You know what? Like I said before, I met Tiafimo Vegas. Yes, I said, oh, the guy's a jerk. Then you meet him, and he's such a nice guy to the fans, and then he does stuff like this. So he's just. I, I think a lot of it has to do with frustration, and I think a lot of it has to do with clout. But you're getting okay. a big fight. You fought Lomachenko. You're fighting Josh Taylor. Like, what else do you want? You're getting the big fights. I mean, who do you, who do you want to fight? Ultimately, you know, it just really kind of comes down to this ego and the pride of a lot of these yeah. guys, right? Like, ultimately, even in the MMA, you're hearing a lot of guys complain about DC commentating or, or um, who was it against them? Makachev against Volkanovsky. You know, people are yeah. complaining that too much bias in that regards or or Michael Bisping was so biased against um Kamaro Usman in 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 the Leon fight yeah. right you know they're very, like that. A very very sensitive generation now well it's a very sensitive generation well 20 right? 30 years ago you never heard the fighters complain about ah oh, this commentator is biased against they lost the fight yeah. it just didn't bother you know the, the only commentator I ever saw get heat two the only two commentators I ever saw get heat were the ring ring interviewers ever, and that would have been Jim Gray. Yeah, Jim Gray, yeah. Right, and Howard Cosell. Uh, and you know, and, um, and uh, Larry Merchant when uh, and Larry he said, Merchant. if I was twenty years younger, I'd kick yeah, your ass, Floyd. Exactly, and Larry I Merchant, was good. right? Yeah. But you've never heard anyone ever talk about commentate like the the, the announced no. team, right? Like, okay, when you go back to watch the fight, are you listening to hear what they're saying about you? Or you're watching what you did right and wrong in that fight, yeah. right? You know, it's just this generation, and I'm well. They don't sorry. want you to criticize them, but that's what a commentator does. They're there to criticize and call it as they see it. Well, look, man. This again, this generation is it is about, terrible. It's it's about public opinion. It's about oh, what 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 you know? What do you think of me? Look at look at me. Well, what's your opinion of me? Um, you know what? You know I know I know I know Tim Bradley's not biased because Pocky beat him a bunch of times, and he'll tell you. Man, that guy hits hard. He's so fast. When he beat Thurman, he was commenting, man, this guy's done really turned. Like, you know what he was so excited for? And that was one of his arch enemies. And so Bradley's, I think Bradley and Ward are some of the best. And they just call it as they see it. I don't see a racial bias with Bradley and Ward. I'd say it if I did. I don't see it. Do you with those guys? I, I don't see it with anybody in boxing. I don't either. I've never I mean, seen to it. Be, to be fair, like, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it now. And I'm like, trying to think if I've ever heard of this. If I, is there anything that's ever kind of come up in my mind? There's nothing I can think of. In all the years that I've watched boxing, you know, um when Bradley was saying he's hurt, he's hurt. Um TFM was saying he wasn't hurt, but to the to the naked eye, it looks like you are hurt. He's watching. Yeah, but bro, when we were watching this, we were talking about his last fight, right? Yeah, with Mark. Yeah, I guess yeah, against the Spaniard. Yeah, uh, I always call I always call him the Spaniard. Um, no, dude, he was hurt. Like there were there were moments in that fight. Like I think if I'm going back now, was it the eighth? Seventh or between somewhere between seventh and ninth round, something happened in there where he rocked him. He did. He That's rocked what he's him. Talking about. And, and he basically held on by a thread, man. I mean, fuck. Do you remember? Does Teofimo forget what he said in the corner? Can I even do this anymore? Do I still have it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I mean, look at yourself, my friend. No disrespect to you. You are a good person. I think he said this. It's I, great you know, to his fans, at least. Well, look, you know, straight up, I, I think we just live in a culture, ultimately, that's on both sides. 
Okay. Yeah. You got people saying shit, and you got people who can't handle people saying shit. Yes. And can't handle what's being said. And that's just the recipe that we live in today, man. That's the fucking pot of nonsense we live in. It no is. longer can I say to you, this guy's a fucking idiot. Without that person getting upset and saying, why are you so you're offending the idiots? There exactly, we go. right? Like, don't you know how hard it is for idiots in the world today? We, we have it so hard. Yeah, because you're a fucking idiot. Like, come on, man. It's like you <laughs> live in a society where we can't say the truth because we'll offend the stupid people, the less intelligent people. So we well, got to, and it's crazy. Dude, who are we when major corporations are feeling this thing the worst? Look at what happened to Budweiser. Yeah, Bud Light, yeah, down 70% in right? sales. Right? Yeah. For what? Because people, 1% of the population complained that your commercials are too manly and, and not feminine enough? Like, come on, man. Like, I know. I know. It's, we live in a right? polarizing world where somebody's offended, they want to boycott you, and they want to shut you down and cancel you, and and, and and the sad part is and I like Bud Light. I think it tastes good. I drink it every time I go to every time I go to the States, one of my go to drinks. You've I seen know it. that. I've seen you yeah. do it, man. I see you. I see you do it, right? And so now yeah. what? What are you gonna do now? <laughs> you know what? I don't I didn't care for the commercial. I don't think they should have done that, but I'm not gonna boycott. I'm not really a boycott kind of guy. No, no, but do you see what happened then? So they put out that can, right? Yeah, I seen that, yeah. And then they do that thing, and then they go, Oh shit, we screwed up. Couple so of decades, couple of managers got fired for that, eh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the old crap, we screwed up. So what they ended up doing is coming out with another commercial, like you know, a, a, basically it looked like they pasted all their commercials from the eighties, nineties to make this one commercial of like you know the man's man working hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My <laughs> only thing to buy light as they listen, guys. Believe in what you want, but don't push your your politics or agenda on anybody. Just make the beer, have some fun commercials, stay out of the politics, and avoid. This I, stuff. I don't. I don't think. You know, I don't think Gillette tended to get into this debate or, or involved in it. I don't think Budweiser and Andrew Bush ever tended to get involved in it. I think people just pushed and pushed and pushed. But I think what people have to understand that the people pushing, if we actually open our bloody eyes, we'll see it's a thousand people pushing against seven billion people. I know. Those are right? not good odds. Right? So if, if we actually open our eyes as a collective, We'll see that we are bending over for about 50 people. I know it's an exaggeration, but you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to boycott Bud Light. I mean, I don't drink often, but if I do have beer, I do like it. I'm not going to boycott it because of one mistake, but it definitely 70% of sales are down. So they definitely, a lot of people are boycotting it. So they should know better and to do that kind of stuff. Okay, so where does this end then, man? You know, it's kind I of think funny. the boycott, I think they'll drop for a little bit and then people, we forget, we forget and move on. If you think about it. Some of the guys that are boycotting, if they're at a baseball game or a football game, all they got is Bud Light. They like it. They're just going to drink it. We forget and we, we move on. Yeah, I think it's a controversy now, but maybe some people might stick to their guns, but I think the majority is like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. But all right. Know. So ultimately, I think at the end of the day, though, man, um, I think we kind of wrap that up pretty nicely. Hey, so talk about this. Uh, we recorded before they did the official weigh-ins. Um, your thoughts on the scuffle with Bernard and uh, Tank? Oh, you're accusing of rubbing that cream on him. Yeah, yeah, saying that it was uh, tea cream, testosterone to cream or something. Do I don't think? believe that Bernard would do that. Bernard's a professional, the world class. I don't see him doing something. So that's like me seeing amateurs. I don't buy that. I one thing I didn't want to bring up, thanks for bringing that up. Did you notice that Oscar De La Hoya wasn't at the fight at like the press conference after? 
Yeah, so he basically... They say he got death threats. Yeah, him and, and Bernard had death threats, so they that's why they scooted out of there. Well, how... But I don't get it. You're in your security. Everybody's patted down. How... No, you're in a secure arena. I don't understand why they left like that. I think they were embarrassed about what uh, Garcia did. They didn't want to be around it. They were pissed. I don't believe they had death threats. These guys got top security... The MGM, you know, it's it's locked. But T-Mobile, you can't bring any weapons in there. So if there is a death, they're not going to do it in T-Mobile. It basically, you know, e even... I think they're disappointed in uh, they just said, screw this guy, let's get out of here. That's what I think. Well, even, even you know, this made fucking Floyd look good. Mm -hmm. It did. You know, it did. You know, Floyd's all basically, you know... Think about a tank beat Garcia, if, Floyd if beat tank, De La Hoya. Sorry, this is what he said, yeah? In regards to that. This is yeah, Floyd Mayweather... If Tank was to win or take the loss, I would have stood behind him 100%. If I'm with you, I'm with you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Loyalty is a lifestyle, not an action. Yep. Right? Yep. It did, nobody, even if there was, I'm not saying there wasn't death threats. I don't know if I believe it. But if there was, nobody's going to be shooting them in a press conference. No. So I just think they were disappointed in him that he, that he quit and or supposedly quit and they left. The day before, you were standing outside at the Toyota Pavilion with about five to 6,000 fans yeah, in, exactly. in an open-air space. And you were front and center. Bernard made a scene. Everyone was there. Easy targets. These guys are just talking shit out of their ass. Oh, this yeah, is, I'm going to kill this, you. This, yeah. this is an example of why Golden Boy has lost a lot of their talent. And this is why Dana White calls that good. Dana White calls him. No, no. This is this right here proves without a shadow of a doubt the guys. You know, again, nothing away from the boxer Dela Hoya. Oh, I the love him. Sorry, the boxer, but yeah. But the, but the promoter Dela Hoya is a piece of crap. This proved that to me. You abandoned yeah. your guy. You left your guy. Dude, all you had to do if there's a trouble, there, call up some call up the Vegas PDA. There's a couple weirdos in Kaney's camp or a fan saying they're going to shoot me and Bernard. Just come here. Stand by us. Okay. Done. They got so much money. Your hires, like they could have had, they already have their own security. They were safe in that arena. How, how many of them Las Vegas PD are already in that stadium? Lots. Lots, right? buddy. And security. And undercover. And security. And that. You name it, man. Vegas doesn't fuck around, man. No. When I was Not at when the, uh, when I was at the Plant Benavides fight, uh, yeah. a fight broke out in the crowd. How could okay. they toss those guys out? Oh my god, it ended in five 12 seconds. That's what I mean. Because they started throwing, cops came, he grabbed the one guy, the he actually threw at the cop, and I wow. think he didn't realize who had pulled him back. Yeah, because as he was pulling him back, the guy cocked and threw, right? Okay. Within instance, like I, I think it was two seconds within three, four yeah. cops just showed up out of nowhere. Yeah. And there it was gone, right? Because if it was a credible death threat, De La Hoya would have said somebody, some crazy kook from um, Haney's camp threatened to kill us, or some idiot fan. Well, who was it? And who they, like, it sounds like they just were like, oh, this is embarrassing to get out of here. We're disappointing you. That's what I think it was. And if it was a threat, nothing would have happened in that arena. No way. I, I have to think um, they just basically lost faith in their guy and that took off. Is, you know, um, yeah. that's, just, that's just really, really poor. It is That's really, really bad. If I'm Delahoya, I'm walking away from Golden Boy, man. Um, you mean Garcia? Or sorry, if I'm or Garcia, sorry, if I'm Garcia, I, I would consider it right. Like once the dust settles, dust settles, and everything is everything, you know, let's kind of move on from there. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, 
Ridiculous. Like, even if it was a credible threat, nothing's going to happen in T-Mobile. You got security. Like you said, the Vegas PD is all over that place. And nothing's going to happen as far as guns in the arena. Not They, they got a metal detector. They tap you down when you walk in. And you know, you're safe. So I don't get I, it. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say about that. That's just not cool, man. Um, no. So, okay. So, quiet weekend this week? Nothing too much going on? This is the zone boxing car, but nothing major, yeah. Uh, have Saturday. you ever watched that Misfit shit? No, what's that? The Misfit boxing on its own, like all the influencer boxing. I, I I've seen it, but I've never actually watched. Like I have, I've skimmed across, but I never actually sat and watched it. Yeah, the only fight that we have this weekend of note um, would be Sapida versus Aberdulia. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? Sorry? Yeah, that's right. Arbodia. Hey, Arbodia. Last week or the week before, I don't know if you tomorrow. I didn't check it out. Ah, uh, yeah, you know what? No, I did not watch it. He's fighting again, eh? He's fighting again. He's gonna keep going with it. Good for him. Good for him. Ah, uh, yeah. No, we're kind of going quiet here for a little bit. Um, we don't have two. Well, a few weeks away, Lomachenko Haney. So that's gonna be the one. Well, that's um, May May twentieth, right? May twentieth. Yeah. yeah. So that one's coming up on May the twentieth, and then um. Let's, let's go back. And then what, July 22nd, we got um, Louise well, Jury, right? Oh, well, here, we got uh, we got Canelo Ryder on May 6th. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, next weekend, sweet. Next weekend, yeah. And we got Taylor Cameron coming up as well. Uh, Lomo, Chunke, Lomo, Chenko, and Haney coming up on the 20th. Um... Lopez Conklin, I'm looking forward to that fight. That's going to be a good... Uh, Teofimo's coming up too, isn't he? Yeah, Josh Taylor, Teofimo, June 10th. That's coming up. Uh, Eubank versus Smith, part two. I'm looking forward to that one. And Noah Fulton, I'm looking forward to that fight, July 25th. Yeah, so you actually anything. got some big fights coming here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, July 22nd is when Tyson should be defending against Andrew Ruiz. And I think that will all lead up to that big super card in December. I think that's going to happen, man. Yusuf's having a tune-up fight, and uh, Tyson's having a tune-up fight, and they're going to go at it. No, they both have a tune-up fight. I'm just surprised that Deontay and uh, Joshua aren't having tune-up fights. Um, I'm telling you right now, Deontay's going to knock that guy into the third row. I don't see Joshua making six rounds. Deontay will finish him once and for all. Uh, let's see, man. Let's see what happens, man. Yep. All right, Chance, I tell you, man, let's wrap it up here. It's too nice of a day. I want to go outside and walk around a no, little bit. Boxing history. This is a big one. Oh, on this day history. in 1956, so 67 years ago, 67. the great Rocky Marciano retired, and we said, I'm hanging up the gloves. He held the gloves like this in a press conference, two gloves. I'm hanging up the gloves, undefeated. So this day, 67 years ago, retired and defeated. Not many can say that okay, besides so, Floyd. No. Okay, do you think that 50-0? No, he lost to Castilla. Okay. No, 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 not Floyd. Rocky. Oh, Rocky. Yeah. How much of his career was influenced by the mob? It's hard to say back then. I even, you know, I'm, I'm actually listening to an audible book right now about Sonny Liston. And I'm telling you right now, when he fought, according to all the sources, when he fought Muhammad Ali, Muhammad, not Muhammad Ali himself, but his crew, the, the, the Muslim guys that he was hanging with, they told Sonny and his family, you take your dive or we'll kill you. And he did. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in boxing back in those days. And when Muhammad Ali is no fire boy, trust me. So I'll get into that when the book's finished. I'll bring that story up. But yeah. Yeah, I know. I'd love to hear about that. Now, what's the book called if anybody is looking for it? Sonny Liston. 
funny listening straight up. Yep. Are you going to watch um, Big George? Hey, did you see that video of George? I want to see Big George out this weekend. Did you uh, see that video uh, of him hitting the bag? Yeah. Fuck, man, he still looks big, eh? Oh, yeah, he still hits you. You're going to knock your jaw off. It's a like, big guy. His back looks huge. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see that movie. That's out this weekend. 28. Awesome, awesome, man. We're going to go check it out, definitely. All right, my friend, on that note, why don't we wrap it up until Tuesday? And, uh, hey, by the way, just a correction, the draft starts tomorrow night, by the way. What, the NFL draft? No, no, the NFL draft started... Uh, oh, the Raw draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. The NFL draft tonight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that starts at 5. Smackdown, they start on Smackdown? Yeah, it starts on tomorrow night. I th- okay. So, okay, so anyways, just wanted to correct that because we, we kept saying it started on... say Raw, Monday. yeah. But uh, it's actually starting on Smackdown and continuing on Raw the Monday night. No, that'd be fun. Look so, forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So let's hope uh, let's, we'll touch base, touch base on that. That's perfect. The draft will be over by then. Well, I'll give you a full recap of that and what our thoughts yep. are and how we think the progress and the programs are going to run. On that note, Chance, I tell you what, man, we're going into a few days of beautiful weather. So rip Great. out the tank top, which you already did. I'm going to go downstairs and put mine on. And uh, let's enjoy the weather. Enjoy the weekend, guys. This is probably going to be the first good, nice weekend we're having oh. in a bit. So, guys, go out there, girls. Go out there. Have a great time. Enjoy. Drink. Get fucked up. Do whatever it is that you like to do. But at the end of it all, please make sure you get home safely. Make sure you have someone else to get you home. If you have kids, get home to them. And most importantly, get home so you can listen to the next amazing episode of Snap and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that like, subscribe, download the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you, Chance Michaels. And in the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Snap and Chance. Everyone have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Tuesday.